You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Today, I'm not going to be preaching or opening this new series, but I will turn this over to a good friend. I've known Pastor Gilbert since the time of UP Los Baños. Kumbaga, one of the heroes in my life nung, ano, when I was a young Christian. Hindi po siya matanda, okay? It just so happened na una lang po siya sa ministry. At uh, siya po ang uh, nagplant ng church natin sa UP Los Baños. And uh, UP Los Baños with all the students now, it's a campus ministry. Now it's a campus church. Now it has grown. You know, it's been amazing. God has been doing a lot of things in Los Baños. But without this man and his wife, Kathy, and their, and their love for, for the young generation, you will, you know, wala po tayong mga leaders makikita ngayon. Actually, sila po ang uh, ihemplo, the examples, best examples of really campus ministry. But Pastor Gilbert now, nag-ano na po yan eh, marami na transfer na siya kung saan-saan. Pero po, ngayon po, he oversees our every nation, Philippines. And he's a guy that we go to. And but he's more than more than just that. He his love and passion po is for the next generation. So I want you to open your heart, your mind, and your Bibles and receive from our pastor, Pastor Gilbert Foliente. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kuya uh, Sol. I just want to uh, honor our pastors here. Pastor Ariel's not here. I'm not sure how. Often, Pastor Ariel preaches here, our senior pastor, but I want to honor him and honor Pastor Sunny. Again, continue to pray for Pastor Sunny. Of course, Pastor Saul and Pastor Francis for being such good examples of what it is to be a servant leader. So, palakpakan naman po natin yung mga pastors natin dito. Thank you. Uh, on behalf of Victory Katipunan, where I regularly preach, magandang-magandang uh, umaga po sa lahat ng guapo at magagandang taga-Victory Las Piñas. Sino po sa inyo dito may gwapo o, ka, o magandang katabi? Can you raise your hands? Iba, hindi naman tumingin. By faith na lang. In Jesus' name. Yan ang gusto ko. Mataas ang faith natin dito sa victory. And that's the reason why it's perfect to introduce this new series that we've entitled Unwavering. Unwavering is really a study of uh, the life of faith of Abraham. The journey of Abraham's life of faith. And if you think about the word unwavering, medyo parang uh, pag tinignan mo unwavering, it almost seems like saying that in Abraham's journey of faith throughout his life, that he never wavered or he never got uh, doubt and unbelief. He was never tossed to and fro in his faith in God. That is so much far from the truth. Because if you see his journey of faith, there had been struggles in his journey. In fact, there are times, kanina binasa po sa Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, it's the hall of faith and Abraham received a word from God. He called, God called him and he obeyed. It seemed like it's as simple as that. But it's not so. Pag tinignan po natin, there have been times that he responded in faith and obedience. And there were also times that he responded in doubt and unbelief and disobedience and sometimes compromise. So pag tinignan po natin when we say unwavering faith, it doesn't mean that you will never struggle with your faith. It doesn't mean that you will never struggle with doubt and unbelief. How many of you have sometimes struggled with your faith? Believing God for certain things. I have. A lot of times I have. But unwavering faith doesn't mean you're not struggling. Unwavering faith means amidst the struggle. In all the struggles of doubt and unbelief and all this, 
you hold on to faith until the end. Amen? So how many of you want to have a faith that you can hold on to until the end? That's the unwavering faith that we're talking about. Uh, how many of you like basketball? May mga favorite NBA basketball team ba kayo dito? It's almost like my faith in my Lakers. Lakers. How many of you, uh, how many of you believe the Lakers will one day be champions again? <laughs> Alagang, may mga dark ages po yung Lakers ko eh. In Jesus' name, we're gonna be champions again. Amen. May mga dark ages po. Minsan hindi ko alam eh. Maniniwala pa ba ako magcha-champion pa kami? Maniniwala ba ako that we'll be back again? Now, the first step is back LeBron. Next is Kawhi and uh, Clay Thompson. Anyway, uh, we're gonna win again. It's holding on to that faith. Until the end, that's what unwavering faith is all about. And today's sermon is talking about faith and its relationship with our relationship with God. Again, we're going to read in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 8, which was the backstory of the verse in Hebrews chapter 11 that has been read this morning. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old, when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you would take us all back to our relationship with you in everything that's going on in our lives, in everything that we're doing, I pray that we will never get lost. Uh, we will keep strong in our relationship with you and following you and obeying you to the promised land. Lord, thank you for the faith that you have authored in us. You promised in Philippians, he who has done and started the work in us will be faithful uh, until the end. Lord, thank you. We hold on to your word. Speak to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, if you look at Abram and his story about his journey with God, you're going to see where Abram was called by God, then the time that he responded, and all throughout his lifetime, the Bible says he lived for 175 years. How many of you want to live for until 175? Parang, ugud, ugud ka na. 175 years. Now, it's interesting because the timeline of Abram's life was that the first 75 years, the Bible was silent about what went on in his life. Wala pong sinabi ang Bible. Anong ginawa niya? What happened? There's nothing, literally. And then God appeared to him, and then God spoke to him, and he responded in faith. At that moment, the next 50 years, 
was really the recorded things that the Bible had about his life. And then the last 50 years of his life, he was like a living legend when it comes to faith. He became one of the patriarchs and one of the fathers of the faith. So first 75 years, nothing. Last 50 years, father of faith, living legend. But most of the account was in the middle 50 years. And that middle 50 years really was about the season in Abram's life where his faith was tested. And it has focused on the testing of his faith, not on the first 75, not on the last 50, because this is where most of us live, isn't it? Lahat po tayo nabubuhay in our lives wherein our faith is being tested. Kanina, sinabi nga kanina, mga singles, natitest yung, uh, yung faith ninyo. Iba, single na nga kayo, pinagiinitan pa kayo ng MMDA. Diba? Parang talagang testing yan. Yung iba sa atin, may financial testing. Yung iba, merong uh, testing sa school, testing sa trabaho, relational testing, physical testing about sickness and disease. There's a lot of testings that we go through in life and the Lord is more focused not on what happened before you became a Christian. Maybe some of you, uh, just like what Apostle Paul said, would describe yourself as the worst of sinners. Hindi po importante kay Lord kung anong ginawa nyo before naging Christian kayo. Ang importante po kay Lord is how you respond in faith to what He's doing in your life. And that's the focus in Abram's life. Now let's look in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram. Sa English, pag sinabi mo lang, Now the Lord said to Abram, it gives you the impression that this is the only time God spoke to him. Chapter 12, verse 1. Ito na yon. And during this time, he was in Haran, together with Terah, his father who died, and with his wife and his nephew Lot. Yet there was this small footnote that says this, Now the Lord had said. In other words, pag tinagalog po natin, kasi pag sinabing, the Lord said, ibig sabihin, nangusap po ang Panginoon kay Abraham. Sinabi niya to. Pero pag sinabing the Lord had said, pwede mong sabihin ng, it was past tense. Dati po, kinausap na ni Lord si Abraham. Okay, so it was not just when he was in Haran that God spoke to him. Where did God speak and appear to Abraham first? In Acts chapter 7, verse 2, in the account of Stephen, the first martyr in church, he said, Brothers and sisters, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in... Where was he when God appeared to Abraham? Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia was Ur. Mesopotamia was his original nation where he belonged in. Mesopotamia is a pagan, idolatrous nation. When he was in Mesopotamia, Abraham was a pagan, idolatrous worshiper. Think about this. Abraham was a pagan, idolatrous worshiper when God appeared to him. When God spoke to him. Which means that in our relationship with God, it's not about us being clean. 
It's not about us having all things right before God, before God appears and before God speaks to us. Habang madumi pa po tayo, habang idolaters pa po tayo, habang makasalanan pa po tayo, habang hindi natin iniisip ang Diyos, habang gumagawa tayong kasalanan na, na, na o-offend ang Panginoon sa atin, hindi po yun yung hinihintay ni Lord na kailangan malinis ka. Kailangan wala ka ng ginagawang masama. Kailangan wala ka ng ginagawang kasalanan bago ko magpakita sa iyo at bago ko mangusap sa iyo. In the midst of his sin and idolatry, God showed up. In the midst of his dirt, God showed up and spoke to him. How many of you are glad God doesn't require you to be clean in order for him to show up? It was not us who initiated this relationship as it was not Abraham who initiated the relationship with God. It was God who went to him. Kalamihan po sa atin, especially po tayong mga Pilipino, marami po ang nakakausap na ganito mga Kristiyano, ay, Pastor, ayoko munang pumunta sa church. Bakit? Eh kasi ang dami ko pang kasalanan eh. Sinabi niyo na po ba yan? Uh, ayoko munang magpakita dyan kasi baka mapaso ako. Ang dami kong kasalanan, ang dami kong ganito. Hindi pa ako, pra- pagka malinis na ako, pagka medyo maayos na buhay ko, pupunta ako sa church. But how many of you know God doesn't work that way? You don't go to the shower because you're clean. How many of you know that's foolish? Hoy, ikaw nga maligo ka, sandali mama. Bago ako maligo, maglilinis muna ako. This is an example of how God tries to reach us. When we're dirty, when we're sinners and we're sinful, God reaches out to us and God initiates that relationship. A lot of people would say, you know, Pastor, when I was seeking God, I found Him. But clearly, that is not the case. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, there's no one who does good. There's no one who seeks God. It is the other way around. God seeks us. So in this faith relationship, linawin lang po natin, in our relationship with God, it did not start with our faith in Him. It started with God reaching out to us. You are here today because God sought you out. You are here and you are a Christian and you are in church because God initiated a relationship. Maybe you're here for the first time and you're saying, eh, ito kasi, eh, sinabihan ako ng asawa ko, sinabihan ako ng kaibigan ko, pag umatenda ako ng church, lilibre niya ako ng lunch. Ang cheap mo naman, pumayag ka. <laughs> but it's not an accident that you're here. God initiated something with you. God wants to show Himself to you and God wants to speak to you. That's why you're here. It's not an accident. He brought you here. And then God made a promise. He said, I want you to go to the land that I will show you. Now, this is interesting because the word show in Hebrew is, uh, means, literally means, it's a continuous action. Hindi lang po one time faith thing yung gusto ni Lord. Sabi niya, I will show you. I will continuously guide you along the way. Now, if you think it's faith for you to leave everything behind to go to a certain place, think about this. For example, if I tell Pastor Saul, Pastor Saul uh, lived in Baguio, grew up in Baguio, tama? If God tells Pastor Saul, say, Saul, I want you to take everything you have, leave Baguio, leave your friends, leave your family, and I want you to go to Alabang. And he says, Lord, I have no plans. I have nothing. Wala akong anything. I just want you to trust me. Go to Alabang. How I many of you know it would take 
faith for him to do that. Sasala niya lahat, pack, and then go. But imagine this. God did not do that with Abraham. Instead, God said, Saul, I want you to pack your things and I want you to go and leave this place. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to pack my things. I'm going to leave this place. Where do you want me to go? I mean, just go. I will show you. So, ikaw na ito. Okay, Lord, pinak ko na lahat. Impaki na, Lord. Where? Go out of the house. Okay, Lord, go out of the house. Lord, where? Go to the road. Okay, Lord, where? What bus? I will show you. As may bus, tas nakalagay doon, Manila. Nag-iumi-ilaw-ilaw. Iyan na. Sakyan mo yan, anak. Okay, Lord. Pag sa- saan ako bababa, Lord? I will show you. How many of you know that takes faith? That's the kind of instruction that God gave him. I'm not gonna show you one time, big time. I'm gonna show you all along the way. What does that imply? It implies that God is calling Abraham not just to go to a certain place, but God really is calling Abraham into a close, continuous relationship with Him. Because it is about Him hearing God every step of the way. Hindi pwede ito yung, oh, punta ka doon. Okay, alam ko na to, pupunta ako dito. Hindi. Every step, Lord, saan na? Oh, Lord, ano nang gagawin ko? Lord, anong, Lord, papahano to? Lord, it is a calling to Himself. More than just calling Him to go to a promised land, God was calling Him to Himself. A close, continuous relationship with God. And that's what He calls all of us to be in. More than calling you to be in church, hindi po tinawag ng Panginoon kayo para lang mag-attend ng church. How many of you love church? How many of you love the people seated beside you on your left and on your right? As much as we love church community, as much as we love each other in this church, this is not our ultimate calling. Our ultimate calling is to have a close, continuous, walking relationship with our Lord. Hindi ka lang niya tinawag, o punta ka dito, o mag-attend ka. O paminsan, magbasa ka ng Bible. It's, it's a continuous walk with God. And how did Abram respond? Sabi sa Hebrews 11, he responded by faith. Not that simple. Genesis 11.31. Tingnan natin. Nasa Ur pa sila. Nasa Mesopotamia. He heard God in verse 31. Sino nag-respond? Terah took Abraham his son. Think about this. Hebrews 11, eh, Abraham had faith. Pero pagdating dito, kanino nang usap si Lord? Kay Abraham. Sa verse 31, sinong nag-respond? Terah, his dad. Siguro sabi niya, Dad, nang usap si Lord sa akin. How I many of you have ever been like this before? God spoke to you and you tell someone. You tell your victory group leader, you tell your father, you tell your spouse, Han, nang usap si Lord. Sabi, magbigay daw tayo sa real life. Hindi ko alam kung si Lord yun eh. As yung spouse may nagsabi, si Lord yun. Gawin natin. So si Tera, sinabi, Abraham, si Lord yan. Okay, gawin natin. He took his son. So here's what happened. If, there, if you're going to have a checklist, here's Abraham's great unwavering faith. God said, leave your country. Check. Okay, I left my country. 
Although I did not initiate it, it's my dad. Leave your relatives. Eh, sasama ko yung pamangking ko. Sabi dito, leave your father's family. Eh, sasama ko yung tatay ko. And then it says, go to the land I will show you. What was the land that God had showed him? <laughs> because the land that God had showed him was really Canaan. Here's where God wanted him to be. Sa Beersheba, Jerusalem, in that part. So eto na sila. Abraham said, I have faith. Let's go, Lord. And they went, they went, they went. They got to Haran. And what happened in Haran? They probably thought, Uy, may potential tong lugar na to. Uy, pwede tayong yumaman dito. Uy, pwede to. Maganda na dito. And what did they do? They settled. Think about this. God was calling him not just to a place. God was calling him to have this close, continuous walking relationship with him. But at a certain point, he just stopped. He just said, Lord, ayoko na makinig sa inyo, Lord. Ang tagal na, ang dami mo nang sinabi sa, okay na ako, Lord. I'm an okay Christian. Naririnig naman kita from time to time. Huwag na every day. Yung mga decision ko sa buhay, most of it naman, Lord, sinusurrender ko sa'yo. Huwag naman lahat, Lord. Yung decision ko sa trabaho, okay, pero sa love life, ako na to, Lord. And he started just settling. Diba? Pagka yung decision ko sa ganyan, ikaw yan, yung iba ako. And think about Abraham's journey. Isn't it just like our journey with God? We get saved. How many of you remember when you got saved? Na-save ka, tapos iyak ka, Lord. Binibigyan ko na yung buhay ko sa inyo, Lord. Ito na talaga. Ito na. Lahat na, Lord. Lahat sabihin mo. Tapos you got on fire. Lahat prinipreachan mo. Talaga may gumalaw lang, prinitsan mo na. Halaman gumalaw, prinitsan mo na. Talaga on fire na, on fire ka. And then at some point, at some point, you just said, I'm gonna settle here. You know God wants you to continue. You know God wants you to a certain place. But you said, no, okay na ako dito, Lord. Why? There might be several reasons. Yung iba siguro, persecution. On fire na, on fire ka. Tapos may nagsabi sa'yo, sobo ko naman, OA naman ito. Panatik ka naman, fundamental, radical, relax lang. Sa isip mo, o oh nga, no? Ayoko maging on-fire Christian, gusto ko yung so-so lang, yung church-church, pag may time, masabahas ng Bible, pag may time, yung cool lang na Christian. Or maybe some of you just got tired. It's more comfortable to settle, isn't it? Than to keep moving. It is more comfortable and convenient to keep just what you're doing instead of hearing God along the way. I remember I was ta- talking to a Christian. Uh, she was such on fire for God when we were students. And she was doing a lot of stuff and all. And then she started working. Real world, ika nga. And then one time she just told us, me and my wife, she said, I'm just tired of following God. I'm just tired of saying no to sin. I'm just tired of just, uh, I, I just want a season in my life, magigive in lang ako. Yung gusto ko lang gawin yung gusto ng flesh. Tired of carrying the cross. Tired of denying myself. And she settled. Some of us are tired of Bible reading daily. Kailangan ba talaga? Everyday talaga, pastor. Hindi ba pwedeng once a week lang? Sa PowerPoint pa? <laughs> Yan na yung Bible reading ko. Nagsettle na kayo. Okay, hindi ba pwede, pastor? Uh, you, got, you just get tired of victory groups. 
Ayoko na mag-attend. Tuwing mag-attend, may question ako. Question na naman. Di na naubusan ng question tong victory group leader ko. Ayoko na ng question. Gusto ko answer. Kahit walang question. O kaya naglili- ikaw yung naglilid ng victory group. Alam mo, marami pa. How many of you here are victory group leaders? Alam mo, gusto ka pang gamitin ni Lord. Gusto pa ni Lord i-multiply. Pero napagod ka na. Ayoko na, Lord. Kasi kahit anong gawin ko, sasabihin ko, mag-meet kami. Oo, oo, hindi magpapakita. Pagod na ako, Lord. Ito yung teras, pagka nakita ko sa mall, kunwari, hindi ako nakita. Ah, ayoko na, Lord. Pray ako ng pray na mag-multiply yung victory group ko. Pero, Lord, ang tagal na, apat pa rin kami. Ako lang nag attend God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Minsan, ayaw pa nila umatin. <laughs> Lord, come back. Pagod na ako. So, I'll just settle. Attendee na lang. Hindi na ako magsiserve. Or maybe it's your season. Eh kasi, alam mo, basta nung, nung studyante ako, puro gano'n na lang yung mga dati, naku, kung nakita mo yung fire ko, eh ano nangyari ngayon? Alam mo, nung single ako, alam mo, dati kasi I had so much more time, kaya nagbabasa ako ng Bible everyday, ngayon, konti na lang, so once a year na lang. Settled. Or maybe there was a bad influence. I'm not sure if it's Tara. Tara might have said, anak, okay na to. Okay na yan. It might be a relationship you have telling you, wag masyado, okay na tayo dito. But for some reason, he settled. For some of you, you've settled. It doesn't matter the reason, but you know God doesn't want you there. God has a promised land for you. And it takes faith to believe God, Lord, you have something better and bigger for me. Come on. And then what happened? I was not the end. How many of you are glad God doesn't end our relationship just because we settled? He keeps reminding Abraham. Patay ni Zaharan, comfortable si. And then Genesis chapter 12, the Lord had said. It's almost like God is reminding him, Anak, I want you to continue. Anak, I want you. I'm calling you to me. Let's continue this relationship. And then he remembered. And that's when his faith was renewed. So in verse 4, So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. This is the start. I'm going to go to the promised land. When he got to the promised land, he built an altar. Verse 7. And then he went to the hill country. He built an altar again. An altar in the Old Testament represents your relationship with God. It represents worship and prayer and calling out of God. It represents an encounter with God. He encountered God in the promised land. And that's what he did. So at this point, Abram was exactly where God wanted him to be. God called him to a close relationship with him. He was there. He was hearing God. He was meeting God. He was calling out of God. He was in the promised land having this continuous and close walk of faith with God, then something happened. How many of you would wish our relationship with God is all altar, appearing of God, worshiping God, prayer? But that's not so. Something happened in the promised land. The Bible says in verse 10, Now there was a famine. Anong ibig sabihin ng famine? Sa Tagalog, tagtuyot. Pag tagtuyot, nagkaroon, walang harvest. 
Walang pera. Gipit. Poverty. Lack. And although Abraham was in God's will, yet in the middle of God's will was famine. In the middle of God's will were Canaanites, mga kaaway, who think the land belonged to them. Many of us sometimes assume, pag nasa will ka na ni God, pagka dinala ka ni Lord sa isang place, tapos yun yung gusto ni Lord kung nasan ka, everything would just be a bed of roses. Sino sa inyo naniniwalagan? May blessing, oh, smooth lahat, walang problema. Pag pray mo, answer agad. Pag ganito yung parang pag naglalakad ka, ginan mo, oh, meron kang miracle dito, may miracle dyan. Oh, wow, eto yun. This is where God wants me to be. That's not the case. Sometimes in God's will for your life, there are famines. There are testings and trials. Sometimes in God's will for your life, there are enemies. Canaanites. But God's promise remained in the midst of the famine. God said, I'm going to provide and bless you. But what happened with Abraham's faith? Again, it wavered. He did not believe God would provide for him there. He did not believe God could provide for him there. See, Abraham, in this economy, how could God provide? In this kind of weather, in this kind of leadership, in this kind of political climate, how could God provide? So what did he do? He left the promised land and he went to prosperity land, Egypt. And how many of us are just like Abraham? We base our decision not on what we hear from God. Hindi man lang niya tinanong si Lord, Lord, may famine, anong gusto mong gawin ko? His initial reaction was famine, I'm out of here. Sino po sa atin dito ang unang ginagawa pagka mayroong problema, tinatanong ba natin si Lord? It's not what he heard from God, it's what he saw with his physical eyes. Mayroong potential doon. May pera doon. May solution doon. Doon na tayo sa Egypt. The place that we live, is it because God told us to live there or is it because, uy, may pera, may economy. The school, uh, we go to. Sabi kasi ni Lord, oh, eh, ito yung ma-afford namin eh. The job that we take. Hindi ko masyadong gusto itong job. In fact, alam ko, pag itong job na to siguro, magko-compromise ako, pero laki ng sweldo eh. While in Egypt, and here's what happened. He left the promised land, went to Egypt, and while in Egypt, he compromised. He lied. And he compromised. And he put his wife in harm's way. His family almost fell apart because he left the promised land and chose prosperity land. Now think about this. God wanted him here. He said, Lord, I'm not sure I believe you. He went here. How did you think God respond? God could have responded, ah, ayaw mo dito. Sige, dyan ka, bahala ka. Masira na pamilya mo, bahala ka. Ah, mag-compromise ka na, tuloy-tuloy ka na mawala, bahala ka. Was that how God responded? I love how God responded. Verse 17, But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. Instead of judging Abram, instead of giving Abram to his doubt and unbelief, God stayed true to his promise and protected Abram and Sarah. 
God didn't care if he was unfaithful. God will remain faithful to his word and to his promise. How many of you are glad that even if sometimes we remain faithless and unfaithful, our God remains faithful to his word and his promises? Amen? He does not just judge us. He gives us the grace to come back to him. Sabi ni Lord, ako magpurprotect sa'yo. Ako mag-aayos ng pamilya mo. Pero bumalik ka lang sa akin. And that's what he did. Genesis chapter 13. I'm gonna end in a little while. Verse 2 to 4. Here's what he did. He, he got into his senses and he thought, pabalik-balik ako, Lord. I would believe. I would waver. I would believe. I would waver. But finally, you're faithful, Lord. So let's go back. Chapter 13, verse 1. Now, Abraham from Egypt was very rich. Very rich. How many of you want to become very rich? He became very rich in the land of compromise. You see, it is not uncommon for you to get rich and to get, quote-unquote, blessing while you're compromising. There's a lot of prosperity gospel preaching that says when there's financial blessing, that's a sign that you're in God's will. This is not so in Abram's case. The financial blessing is not always the sign of God's blessing, of God's favor, and of God's approval. He got very rich when God was telling him, you're not doing what I want you to do. So never ever equate money and financial success with the blessing and the favor and the approval of God. He did that. And yet, when he was in Egypt, there were no mention of altars. There were no mention of God appearing to him. There were no mention of God speaking to him. There were no mention of him calling out of God or an encounter with God. He was off track in his relationship with God. And he got rich. Then he went back to God. And why was he able to go back to God? It's still faith. It's not because he did something really great. He believed again. In verse 4, he went back to the same place where Abram had built the altar. And there, he worshipped the Lord again. By faith, he returned to the last place that he had a relationship with God. The last place he heard God. The last place where he encountered God. It's the altar at Bethel. You see, God is calling each one of us to have a close and continuous relationship with Him. It's more than just a place. It's more than just a promised land. It's not a place. The promised land is a relationship with God. And let me say this, and this is what I want all of us to remember. Only faith will allow us to have a close and continuous relationship with God. Only faith will allow us to have a close and continuous relationship. Even if your faith is wavering, even if your faith is being tested, even if your faith is being tossed to and fro, as long as you hold on to that faith until the end, then you will experience close and continuous relationship with God. Last verse, Genesis chapter 22, verse 2. This was God talking to Abraham. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering 
on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Here was God testing him once more. God was asking him, do you really want to have this close, continuous relationship with me? I want you to build an altar, and I want you to sacrifice your son. And he did. That was the final altar that Abram built. An altar to sacrifice his son. As a testimony of his desire to have that close and continuous walking relationship with God. Now, some of you might say, I will never sacrifice my son. You don't have to. Because more than you wanting to have a personal relationship with God, God wants it badly. And He's not asking you to build an altar anymore. Because 2,000 years ago, God built this altar. And in this altar called the cross, He sacrificed His one and only Son so that you don't have to build an altar anymore. You don't have to do anything anymore. He sacrificed His Son so that only with us putting our faith in Him can we have that close and continuous relationship with Him. Praise God, we never are the ones to initiate the relationship. God does. And when we waver in our faith, God has sent His Son so that you and I could have this lifelong, continuous, close relationship with our Father. Amen? Praise God. Let's all stand. Let's all give the Lord a hand. And we all bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to pray for three groups of people right now. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, thank you that it is you who initiated the relationship with us. We're here because of you. And Lord, when we are going astray, it is because you sacrifice your son at the altar of the cross that we can always come back forgiven, restored, and reconciled. As all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed, if you're here today and you know some of you are in Mesopotamia, you don't have a relationship with God. Some of you are in Haran. You've settled. You know God wants you to pursue Him. You know there is a promised land in your relationship with Him. But you know you've settled. Napagod ka na, you got tired and you just said, Lord, I'm settling here. I'm an okay Christian. Not on fire. I'm not this. I'm okay. God is talking to you. God is speaking to you. Leave Haran. Pursue Him. Go to Him. Hear Him again. And walk a faith relationship with Him every day. As all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed, if you know you're in Haran, God is asking you to move, to not settle in your relationship with Him. I want to pray for you. Can you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Yes. Anyone else? Let's keep both your hands raised as I pray for you. Lord, I thank you that you have a promised land in their relationship with you. And Lord, I, it, Haran might be comfortable. Haran might be convenient. But Lord, there's so much more that you have in store for each one of them who are lifting up their hands. So Lord, hear them. As they cry out to you, Lord, I pray that they would hear you once again. Just like Abram, you would remind them of your word, your covenant, and your promise. And Lord, I pray that you would give them the grace and the faith 
to move from Haran to their promised land in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for another group of people. Maybe you're very close to going to Egypt. You're in your promised land. You have a relationship with God, but you're very close to crossing back the world. They're very close to compromise and sin and going back to the world because, because there's just so much that you see there. Temptation is pulling you. The world is pulling you there. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that just like Isaac heard God tell him to stay and he stayed and he was blessed by God. I'm going to pray that you'll hear God and that you would have the grace to stay. All heads are bowed and all eyes are closed. You're very near to go to your Egypt, to turn your back to the promised land. As all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Lift, lift your hand right now. Yes, yes. Lord, only you know our, our situation. Only you know how close we are to stepping into our Egypt. Lord, I pray that just like Isaac, you'd speak to us to stay. Give us ears to hear. Your word saying, stay, and I will bless you as you stay. Lord, give us friends who would help us stay and not cross Egypt. In Jesus' name. Last group of people I want to pray for, all heads bowed and all eyes are closed. Maybe you've already been in Egypt. You are in Egypt now. You go to church from time to time. Or maybe you still go to church regularly. But you know your heart is in Egypt. You're in the place of compromise. You're in the place where your heart is far from God. God is calling you back to Him. He's not condemning you. He's not judging you. Even in the midst of your unfaithfulness, He remains faithful. And He's calling you back to Bethel. He's calling you back to the last place where you've had a relationship with Him. Come back now, my child. God is telling you. All heads are bowed and all eyes are closed. If that is you, if you're coming back to God, if you're in Egypt, can I pray for you? Can you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, please pray for me. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Thank you. Yes. A couple of hands are raised. Yes. Lord, we're coming back to you. Just say that prayer. Father, like the prodigal son, I know you're waiting. I know you're waiting with open arms, not with judgment, but with love, acceptance. Lord, we're coming back to the last place where we have met you, where you have appeared, where you have spoken to us. Lord, we're coming back. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.